For the full experience of this episode, be sure to check it out on YouTube by searching Everyone is Cancelled. Be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon. It really helps us out. One man. One destination. Everyone is Cancelled. Late Night. Hosted by myself, Dylan Randall. This show is an oral artistic dance and is completely fictional. Obey the laws in your country and listen to your doctor. And if your doctor approves, go f*** yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Everyone is Cancelled. I'm your host, Dylan Randall. I appreciate you coming back to the show. It's great to have you here. If you can like, subscribe, and hit that bell notification, it would really help me out. There's a lot going on right now from President Biden coming out and saying that we could be facing an Armageddon to Elon Musk rebuking Amazon's new show, The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Apparently, The Lord of the Rings show got such a bad rating that Amazon had to disable the reviews function on their website, even though it's the most expensive show ever to be made. And then there's the bot problem. You know, online lately, I've been seeing more and more hateful comments. And I notice a lot of them have something in common, that they may not even be real people. And if they are, they don't seem to be who we think they are. Getting into all of those topics tonight, I really appreciate you joining. Kick back, relax, go get your favorite snack. You know, sometimes when I get down, I have to kick myself and realize that, hey, hey, hey man. It's only going to get worse from here. Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. So I'd like to start the night off with just a little bit on this thing called bots. But I've been on social media, Twitter, Instagram. But it seems like the most hateful comments I see, the ones that are the real rabble rousers, right? They never have a real profile picture. They have zero posts a lot of the time. They're ambiguous accounts. Sometimes they don't seem like they're speaking very good English, which makes me wonder if they're an overseas account. You know, is this some sort of intelligence agency from overseas pushing a campaign narrative? Are these just very disempowered feeling humans trying to reach out and spread anger? I, I really wonder who these people are. And I think it's a mix of all of the above. I think it's everything. And that's kind of scary, right? But the first step of changing anything in the world is acknowledging its existence. I think we can all agree we've seen those bots on the right and the left pushing the narratives that cause us to fight. But I think it starts with possible overseas intelligence agencies. I think it starts with people who feel disempowered here, maybe angry, maybe sick individuals here in the States. I think it's also bots, bots that are funded by a plethora of organizations within and without the country, meaning that it could be here and it could stem from across the world. And the fact that it's coming from so many places is part of the concern that we have as Americans and even freedom lovers around the world. Who are these people? What is their goal? And what are they trying to distract us from? I really believe asking these questions opens the potential for people like you. Keep your eyes peeled. See what's really happening. Because it's the viewers of shows like this that make change. I'm one person. You are many. So just keeping an eye out, asking, what are these accounts spreading hate? Identifying them and sort of calling them out, reporting them, whatever you have to do. If they're not being operated in a humane way, maybe they're not humans at all. Anyways, I freaking love you guys. I appreciate you coming to the show again. And I can't wait to get this started. See you on the other side. Cheesecake day, it's cheesecake time. 
can't wait for my cheesecake It's a cheesecake I know It's cheesecake day It's cheesecake time Can't wait for my cheesecake It's a cheesecake I know I have an article here from the Daily Wire that was really interesting to me. If you'd like to look it up, I encourage you to do so. It was written on October 7th, 2022 by Ryan Savadra. The title goes, Biden warns Putin not joking about using nuclear weapons in Armageddon situation. U.S. stocks up on radiation drugs. Biden issued the warning while talking to Democrats at a fundraiser in New York Thursday night at the home of James Murdoch, the media investor. The article continues, Biden's remarks come as a Russian military train is reportedly transporting equipment for the nation's nuclear weapons program to the front lines of its war with Ukraine, sparking fears that Putin could be preparing to use nuclear weapons. To my knowledge, the government came out and said, hey, since President Biden's speech, kind of going against the speech, they said we have no new information indicating that they could be getting ready to use a nuke. But this seriously contradicts that. I don't know what's going on here. That's sort of a scary threat because no nuke is a small nuke, right? The article continues, the Telegraph reported that the train is operated by the secretive nuclear division and linked to the 12th main directorate of the Russian Ministry of Defense. The train, which was pictured on a Russian propaganda telegram account, was reportedly on its way to Ukraine from central Russia. So basically what it looks like is Biden is apparently saying that Putin's in a bad spot. He doesn't see an off-ramp for Putin. He's worried that Putin, as he gets back into a corner, might use chemical weapons, biological weapon, or nuclear weapon. President Putin of Russia himself has made multiple threats alluding to this very thing. This is the interesting statement to me, perhaps the most interesting statement of the night here. Biden goes on to say that we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. We have a direct threat of the use of nuclear weapons if, in fact, things continue to go down the path they are going. Biden goes on to state, I'm trying to figure out what is Putin's off-ramp? Where does he find a way out? I don't know. That's a good question. It makes me wonder if President Biden is getting intelligence alluding to the fact that a nuclear attack could be closer on the horizon than we believe. I sure hope it isn't. It very easily can set up a chain reaction from the countries around the world that leads to a very Armageddon-like event. There's too many nukes. There's too many nukes. They don't accomplish anything good for humanity as a whole. At the end of the day, we're all on the same team, and that is Team Earth. We were all made by the same creator, right? So to go and destroy ourselves when we have nowhere else to go, to hurt the Earth, because fallout, radiation from a nuclear bomb, it can last for decades. Look at Chernobyl. Now, the problem with it is that winds don't see state or country lines. They can get a little bit of wind, right, in a country, and it can blow it over borders and affect many nations, including Russia, including a large part of Europe, and eventually the U.S., right? Things have potential to become disastrous, absolutely disastrous. Anyways, it's an interesting article. It's like we watch these movies, and they're talking about nuclear bombs and alien invasions, and we grew up on that sort of fiction. We saw it as something that could never happen, and now we're living in a time where the government is releasing footage of UFOs. The government is talking about a possible Armageddon, our own president. It's like those old speeches we used to see on the movies where the president comes out and everybody's worried and he's taking it very seriously. And that's not what I feel from Biden. I don't feel from President Biden that it is a place of strength. It almost feels like he's solidifying Putin's power. I think we all just need to relax a little bit, you know, take a step back. 
take a take take a big step back. <laughs> That's the thing about nukes, man. You you can't unpush that button. It's like there's a small percentage of the U.S. in the world that would survive in their bunkers, the ultra elite. But what kind of life is that? Who really wins in that case when there's no Earth left to go to? Do you really look at that and say, man, they won. They're the winners. It's not a place to be. I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comment section. I'm really curious on your perspectives. Feel free to leave a comment below. All right, let's get into the Lord of the Rings fiasco. So Amazon recently purchased the Lord of the Rings rights for $250 million, and they made a show, the most expensive show ever made, a billion-dollar series to be the Game of Thrones killer by Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon. Well, it didn't really turn out that way. In fact, I have two articles here I'd like to go over with two vastly different perspectives as to what is going on here. The first one is by Forbes. It is titled, Rings of Power is getting review bombed so hard Amazon suspended reviews entirely. It was written by Paul Tassi, a senior contributor on Forbes. September 5th, 2022. What I want to highlight about this article is he goes on to state why it's failing, what his opinion is as to why it's failing. And there's an excerpt of this article I'd like to read to you. Paul Tassi writes, why are fans mad this time? Take your pick of reasons. It's a combination of racism misogyny, and supposed unfaithfulness to Tolkien's original work. Sometimes all three of these reasons are the same. He goes on to elaborate on what that means in the article. I'd like you to read it yourself. Check it out. I'm not saying Forbes is all bad, but to blame yet another failure in cinema on racism or misogyny or, as in the last shows, bros on homophobics, it doesn't feel accurate. They don't know who they're talking about. In fact, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire went to look for these reviews. He was looking at the reviews. None of the reviews revealed racism or even misogyny. And I'm going to read some of the reviews to you. So the title of the article on Daily Wire is Token is Turning in His Grave. Elon Musk shares his review of Amazon's Rings of Power. It was written by Amanda Harding, September 5th, 2022. So the article goes on to say that Elon Musk is weighing in on the new Amazon series, The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. And it sounds like the billionaire Tesla CEO is not a fan. Token is turning in his grave, Musk tweeted Monday in response to the series, which just released episodes one and two last Thursday. There are now more episodes than that out. I tried watching it. I personally couldn't get through it, but we're going to continue to read the article here. Elon Musk continues, almost every male character so far is a coward, a jerk, or both. The world's richest man shared in a follow-up tweet, the article states, only Galadriel is brave, smart, and nice. It's funny, I saw a scene online somewhere of Galadriel uh, escaping from prison. She was fighting these prison guards, and she gets out of the jail cell, I believe, and she, she's about to fight the prison guards, and then it looks away to somebody's reaction, and it goes back to her, and all the prison guards are in the jail cell. Just because she's Galadriel, a powerful woman, means she automatically won the fight, but they don't want to show it. In my opinion, it was, it was almost a mockery. It was like I was watching Mad TV or even a Saturday Night Live skit, that's it. That was the scene. And my experience of the show was very much the same, very bland. 
Apparently, Elon Musk's tweet attracted several quick responses, the article says, but most were from bots. Musk claimed in yet another follow-up. The South Africa-born investor filed paperwork to back out of a historic deal to purchase the social media company, alleging that Twitter undercounted the number of fake and spam accounts. It's funny, we were just talking about that. For those who don't know, there is an update to that situation. Elon Musk is purchasing and going through with the deal with Twitter. Pretty cool. I think that's pretty exciting. I'm curious to see what Elon Musk does with Twitter. I know he supports the freedom of speech. I think that's a good sign. We'll have to see how that goes. So as of the date of this article, Rotten Tomatoes reviewers are still weighing in, they say. But the new Lord of the Rings has an 84% critic rating and a 39% audience score. At that point, it makes you wonder who to trust. The elite few, right? The elite. At this point, it feels like film critics are awarding propaganda which is not fair. And then the audience is just us. It's just us who go on there and leave a review. And it doesn't feel fair for the critics to say that we are racist and misogynistic, to call all of us racist and misogynistic when they don't know us. To say that the majority of a country, the majority of people giving this such a bad rating are misogynistic and racist is so wrong. The audacity they must have to, to really call us that when they don't personally know us. Maybe the show is just a bad show. And I think it's totally unfair to call normal folk, hardworking folk, who keep your country running, by the way, as far as the Hollywood elite go, to call them racist and to talk down to them and to say, what are they mad about this time? And to assume what they're mad about and, and to call them misogynistic. That doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair. I don't think it's very healing to our country to be talking to people like you're some sort of elite overlord. I think the film is terrible. The footage was beautiful, but the story and the homage to J.R.R. Tolkien's work was completely obliterated. One of the reviews states, a disgrace to Tolkien. Music and cinematography are good, but everything else is a betrayal to Tolkien's work. The integrity of the story is ruined. Another person shared, beautiful but boring. The main characters were two-dimensional and unlikable. The dialogue is unnatural, the story is bland, and my suspension of disbelief was broken several times. The music was nice and the visuals were beautiful. I would have preferred it to be a music video. <laughs> to say that a billion dollar show would be better as a two minute music video is one of the greatest burns I've ever heard in my entire life. And then the final review says, the locations look nothing as described. The characters are absolutely all around, nothing is described. The plot is entirely invented. This is a random D&D fantasy show with B-tier casting masquerading under the guise of names Tolkien used in a separate, entirely unrelated successful books. <laughs> the fans of J.R.R. Tolkien's work are smart. They're smart people. They're, they're borderline scholars. Dare I say scholars. And they, there's a wisdom to Tolkien's work. If you read his books, you feel wiser. You, you understand life in a way. You know, I've read through... The Hobbit, and The Fellowship of the Ring. I'm in the Two Towers right now. There are so many parallels in that book that tie into the world we're living in now. Sauron was about deception and a rise to power and all obeying him, taking away of the free will, being allowed to exist only if you follow completely under his will. You don't speak up. You don't have a freedom of speech. You just work and feed the machine. And if you don't, you're punished. That's Sauron's world. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels from his books in this world. So I think that's interesting. And what the show kind of did was they take that magic away. They take the soul of it away, the heart of it. Peter Jackson himself apparently said that he was ghosted by Amazon. 
And for those who don't know, Peter Jackson directed and really made the films of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. He is the one who was able to translate the story so well into motion picture. He was ghosted by the company, which tells me they weren't interested in making a show that was artful. Not something good, not something that unifies us and helps us become a better society. Anyways, kind of weird, kind of crazy, very interesting. I'm curious to see where it goes. It's sort of sad. It's sad to me. I, I love J.R.R. Tolkien's work. I love The Lord of the Rings. I grew up on them. I feel like they made me a better person. I feel like they showed me what courage could do, that even great men could be scared and fearful to do what is right, but they do it in the face of fear anyways. Because courage isn't the absence of fear. It's facing down the demons, even though fear is present. Lord of the Rings taught me that. The Hobbit taught me that. It taught me about fellowship, brotherhood, sisterhood, the power of unity, coming together despite our differences. There's a famous line in the Lord of the Rings when Gimli the dwarf and Legolas the elf are getting ready to fight, a last stand on a castle wall. And Gimli the dwarf looks up and says, I never thought I'd die next to an elf. And Legolas looks down and says, what about next to a friend? That's how I feel when I read those books. When I watch this film, I feel the opposite. And so for my Lord of the Rings fans out there, for my original Hobbit fans out there, for the people who believe in good, you can keep the goodness in your heart. They can buy the rights, but they can never undo the good that the films originally did. I love you guys. Stay strong out there. They can't touch us. You know, a good film's a good film and it lasts forever. The impressions that goodness makes on us always takes a different form in life. There is a never-ending cascade of goodness all around us, and we don't need to rely on the Lord of the Rings even. They can buy the rights. They can have it. Whatever. J.R.R. Token did what was good, and we can hold on to that. I really appreciate that like, subscribe, and hitting that bell icon so you can see when I upload every week. I appreciate you guys, and until next time, stay canceled, my friends. Bye-bye. Yeah.